Hello, this is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise, taking you on a tour of the news we have in this week's edition, both in print and online. Our lead story is headline Mea Culpa. That is what the Knoxtown attorney described as his role in a recent debacle that has come to light with the bond anticipation notes that were renewed twice, apparently illegally, for the building of the Knox Town Hall. John Dorfman has taken complete blame for the situation. We also have a story, Water Woes. Old pipes mean new rates. For regular readers, you may remember two years ago, Congressman Paul Tonko came to Altamont on what he called a infrastructure tour that he was hoping to take on as a popular thing to do across the nation as cities' infrastructures are aging. Atro Schneider in New Scotland takes a look at local water rates that are going up, perhaps in Voorheesville, already in Bethlehem. Both of those municipalities have old infrastructures. She caught up with Tonko this week to talk about parts of his bill that went through and how they may benefit local municipalities. Our front page and back page are dominated by the grace of the gymnasts at Gilderland High School. And we feature several of them in the midst of what looks like impossible feats for the human body. Our front page is graced with Serena Muno as her toes reach towards infinity and her hands anchor her to a bar. Also on our front page is a story about Cumberland Farms making another pitch to put a gas station and convenience store at the corners of Route 146 and 20. They've acquired more land and think it will solve some of the transportation problems that were the demise of their plan two years ago. This week's editorial is called Truth Matters, You Must Seek It. I spent the weekend in the Adirondacks with my father, who is a longtime newsman, now 91 years old, and was a Harvard Neiman Fellow. He gets the Neiman Reports, which was devoted this edition to Trump and the effect of the recent election on the media and analysis of its coverage. I focused the editorial as a starting point on research reported by Danielle Allen, a Harvard theorist, who noted that most Americans now are getting their news in what she called an oral culture, rather than from text, either in print or text online. And our own newspaper, as this particular broadcast shows, are moving towards using some other methods as well. <clears throat> our editorial opinion pages are filled with varying viewpoints, starting with a letter from the Byrne supervisor who's responding to a letter in last week's edition from a representative from the union who is representing the Byrne highway workers. They've been at odds now for months 
and we're happy to report that negotiations on a new contract started again on Tuesday. We have further columns, as always, from the old men of the mountain, John R. Williams, and a fascinating piece, A Skewed View by Michael Seinberg, looking at the tiny house movement. We have a letter reacting to our front page story last week on Dr. Hetty Migdon's suit of St. Peter's and Trinity, whom she claimed sabotaged her practice when she was fired last July. She's back in practice again, says she's thrilled, and her patients are flocking to her. We have a heartbreaking story by H. Rose Snyder about an icon in Slingerlands, Tollgate, an ice cream store and restaurant. The owner of that store, Robert Zoutner, is hospitalized, and there's been an outpouring of support for him. Rose discovered by talking to his sister that he had no health insurance since he was putting all of his funds into keeping the very well-loved shop alive. It's now closed. We have a story with a wonderful snow-covered picture of the intersection in Knox of routes 156 and 157, where Supervisor Vasilios Lefkadidis had thought it would make sense to have a business district. The planning board disagreed with one lone member dissenting, Tom Wolfe, who did think it would make a good business district. Well, the others were concerned about a dangerous curve in the road and the lack of infrastructure. We have a profile of the new town justice, Robert Johnson, in New Scotland, recently appointed unanimously by the town board, and H. Rose Snyder interviewed him about his work both in mediation and earlier in the town court. Elizabeth Floyd Mayer wrote a story about <clears throat> a Jeep going through the plate glass window of a Western Avenue walk-in medical facility. It's the third time that complex has suffered such a crash. <clears throat> we have marvelous pictures by Michael Koff that captivate a workshop this weekend that Carrie Conte, an actress who lives in Sligerlands, conducted for the Voorheesville Dionysians. Also a story on firefighters who were able to arrive on the scene of a garage fire in two minutes because they were meeting right across the street. And um, the owner, as Elizabeth Floyd Mayer reports, was very grateful. H. Rose Snyder looked at a 1998 law that allows New York students to buy their, their textbooks without taxes, something many of them don't know about. Further, Elizabeth Floyd Mayer had two different profiles on young people. One is a boy named Will Gibney, who has 
gotten a service dog that helps him with his PANS, an autoimmune disease, and his mother says it has made his life so much better. Another was an interview with Nellie Cordy, who spoke for kids that are lucky enough to go to the Department of Environmental Conservation Summer Camp at Lake Colby. She won a scholarship provided by the Woodlawn Sportsman Club and was happy to talk about how it was like science class, but you weren't sitting down. And she hopes to go back again and in the future to be a counselor in training. We also had a story by H. Rose Snyder about the kickoff of a diversity series hosted in a quite white community by both the Voorheesville First United Methodist Church and the Voorheesville Public Library that are interested in making people aware of others not like themselves. And the first speaker is Fazana Salim Ismail, whom we have interviewed before and watched her evolve into an activist. And she'll be speaking about what it means to be a Muslim and that event is on January 29th. We have a number of other local events, library events and happenings, our usual arrests by both the Albany County Sheriffs and the Gilderland Police, as well as, sadly, a page and a half of obituaries, each of them an important part of the life of our community and we have profiles and pictures that hope to capture some of who those people were. We have a lively column by Phyllis Johnson for the Helderberg Seniors as well as pictures by Michael Koff of a performance at Frankie the Altamont Seniors at Cindy Pollard's Homefront Cafe and his message is, it's a sad time of year for seniors. <clears throat> Mrs. Pollard, too, said they feel confined this time of year. And Ed Frank <laughs> says, when people look at us, what do they see? He read a poem about a woman that seemed to be a crabby old lady but was beautiful inside and said, we are something. There's so much hatred. There's so much division in the world. We need each other. Ed Frank then serenaded the seniors in his lovely voice. We conclude, as always, in our newspaper with sports and pictures that capture the action by Michael Koff. We have the grit of the Voorheesville Blackbirds girls basketball team as they were at first down in their score against Ichabod Crane, but rallied to win against a very tall team. And following the grit, we have the grace of the Gilderland gymnasts who vaulted to a victory over Bethlehem last week. And that concludes our tour of this week's newspaper. <laughs>